0: Hello and welcome back to episode fourteen of the Punting Fantasy Podcast. I'm joined once again by Mitch and Tom. Gents, 14 episodes in. One did we think we got there? Did we think that we would get there? Or two. How are you going?
1: Fourteen down, fourteen to go. Nah it's good. Fourteen's <laughs> good, man. Really. Chugging along nicely. It's good to be back. So I'm excited. There you go, Mitch.
2: I'm going good, Tom. As flat as ever, mate. That's fantastic from you. Um, 14, wait, is that a prestigious mark? Am I missing something? Like when you say, did you think we'd get there? I thought maybe 50, 100, 14? I don't know, but I'm going, I'm going well, thanks, mate.
0: How are you, Weta? Well, to be fair, given that we put the idea up to start this three years ago and never made anything of it until 14 weeks ago, um, I think 14 is a big milestone, but uh, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's nothing in the grand scheme of things, given that this show is going to be going for 50 years. Um, so can't wait to to keep it going with you, lads. Um, we're also going to be joined later in the show by the Commissioner of the Punting Fantasy Basketball League uh, in Kendall Fleming, General Manager of Schmidty's Chutney. Um, can't wait to have him on board for the AFL chat onwards, but, uh, we'll kick off with some NBA, um, before Kev joins us, uh, roll into a little bit of an NRL preview as well as a, another snake draft this week. Uh, this time we're going to be drafting a table of, of food, drinks and, and activities or whatever that makes up a table, um, at a piss up, which should, uh, which should be a ripper roll back into rats, random thoughts for another week. Cannot wait to rip into that. Um, and a little uh, weekly review from last week and we're going to mix it up this week we're not actually going to have any tips for you this week Uh, a lot of it's just going to be rolled out as content on punting.fantasy so make sure you keep your eyes on the Instagram page Um, can't wait to to get into this weekend but uh, as we do we'll kick off with some NBA Now, gents, obviously since our last podcast, we uh, we saw the deadline of the NBA trade period um, or that little section close, and we predicted a few changes that might have happened in the last few days following our last podcast, and, and we saw a few of those come to fruition, um, a few other outside ones that uh, we also saw. So we'll, we'll touch on a few of those um, now, and perhaps none bigger than the uh, the net sixes trade at the deadline where we saw uh, Harden and Millsap head over to Philly in in a trade that saw the net receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, future first round picks. Now, keen um, to you get your initial thoughts on this, on on what it looks like, I guess for both teams, but um, certainly a big big trade in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, a bit May made of this one. We talked about Mitch also talked about this uh, in our last pod, which is well oh, roughly two weeks ago now, just um, before the deadline. So. Yeah, huge move um, in, the, in the grand scheme of the NBA, um, and we've just got word today that Harden's going to make his uh, his Philadelphia debut this Friday. Um, or I suppose it'll be Saturday here. Um, I think the Sixers play. So, yeah, obviously for the Sixers they turn they turn Simmons, who was a nothing for them this season, uh, into James Harden, who at his peak we've seen is an, an MVP caliber player. Um, obviously hasn't been that that level of play this year, but no, I'm interested to see what it looks like. We obviously mentioned that you know the fit may be slightly questionable. Um, you know, two two alpha dogs, him and Embiid. Um, I think that's that's still Joel Embiid's team, regardless of of who you put next next to him. So um, I'm keen to see what the fit looks like between those two. But um, you know, gives him a pretty solid, pretty solid starting unit. Obviously, you got Harden and Embiid to go with Maxi, um, probably Matisse Thibault and Tobias Harris as well. Um, so you know. Maury copped copped a fair bit of heat, but he, he got his man in the end. Um so I'm I'm interested to see how this goes for the Sixers um and for the Nets. I think this was a really good move for them. Um, Simmons locked up long term. Um I think he's he really sort of benefits them in the areas that they've struggled this year. A um, bit of extra playmaking um in transition and, and off the block. Um, and the defensive end as well. He's really gonna help them there. Um, take a bit of heat off Kevin Durant on the defensive end and gives him a bit more sort of lineup versatility. Um He's obviously a pretty flexible guy. You can slot him in, you know, at the point guard position or you can even look to play him off the block in the dunker spot um, and get him playmaking from there. So, you know, that's going to be pretty handy when you've got guys like Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry and, and Kevin Durant running around. So I think all in all, you know, a good move for both sides. i probably like it a bit more for the for the Nets than I do the Sixers. Um, just, uh, you know, the depth they got in it as well, So I mentioned. You mentioned Curry and Drummond obviously feels a need for them as well uh, in the middle. Claxton and Aldridge have both missed a bit of time this year with injuries and whatnot. So, um, yeah, a really exciting move, and I'm really excited to see how it pans out for um, for both teams. But, yeah, I probably like it for the, for the Sixers uh, – for the Nets, sorry, just a little bit more. Yeah, well, I thought – I'm not going to do any more analysis on it. I
2: think Tom's nailed it. But the part of it that I loved was um, Harden's informal trade request when he was uh, – he – didn't want the public scrutiny of asking out of a second team in two yeah. years. So he uh, said, said, I'll informally have a trade request rather than formally doing one. We've uh, we've just been joined by Commissioner Schmidt of uh, Schmidt's Chutney fame. How you going, Kev? Hey, boys. Sorry I'm late. I've just been at a
3: dinner, but um, I'm here with the greatest beer in the world, and I'm excited to join you,
0: boys. What's going on? Oh hey mate. That's we love the sound of crack at a tinny mid podcast. Yes. Um could be to, to have that energy brought to this group because it's certainly lacking in the uh in the dollar store department. Oh well said. that uh, beauty, just so we've we've just finished touching on the uh the Simmons and the Harden trade. We'll uh we'll move through to the other big one in the in the last couple of days of the trade mm-hmm. line or trade period, I should say, um, the Wizards in the Mavs trade where we saw uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Batans um, be sent to to the Mavericks in replacement for Chris Stapps, Paul Zingas, uh, obviously a former first-round pick um, and a second-round draft pick um, for the Wizards as well. Gents, what did you make of that?
1: Yeah, I hated this for Washington. Um, I think this is a really, really average move on their behalf. Um, I, I don't really know what the... Move forward is for them here. Obviously, got Beardle, and there's been a fair bit made about his future. Um, he's gonna be eligible for that contract extension pretty soon. So, yeah, I don't know. They didn't really get any better. I don't think by making this move, Porzingis is is handy when he's playing, but you know, that's that's the issue with him. He just misses so much time. Um, so no, they've taken a lot of long term money. Um, has got another another seventy million dollars on that contract. So, I hated it for Washington for Dallas. I thought this was a really good move. Um, as I mentioned, is a guy who doesn't play a whole lot. Um. Pretty inconsistent. They turned him into two mid-sized contracts, um, which I think is really important. You know, they're relatively capped out at this stage. Um, the Mavs, when it comes to the extensions that they've got uh, forthcoming, obviously Jalen Brunson and whatnot. So um, this just gives them a bit more, bit more flexibility going forward. You know, they've they've you now turned Porzingis, who is considered by some to be untradable, into into um, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who who both make between that fifteen to twenty million dollar I mean, so you know, much more tradable. Um, you know, can be used as as filler, salary filler, any type of deal that they they wish to go after. So um, for them, I really liked it. Um, yeah, for the Wizards, I, I didn't really like it um, at all. So and I think all in all, Dinwiddie's probably the piece that um, is most likely to regain his, his value. I think he's really struggled in Washington, but I think he's he's the most likely to live up to that um, that contract in the end. I think he's he's a Pretty solid player in the right position. Um, so,
0: Kev, Kev, it's taken fourteen episodes, but you're the first one to put your hand up in this team's call. Um, have you got something to say?
3: I did it physically last time. I wanted to, I wanted to stop you um, when you said Bertans is making twenty million dollars. That sounds ridiculous to me. But anyway, I'm um, on a roll, so you just kept going. That was good. Um, I love this trade for Schmidt's Chutney. It um I think it'll really release the donch. This is what I this is what I picked him up for at number two. I reckon he'll go fifty six to fifty eight for the rest of the year fantasy points. And I reckon Corey Kispert's a little sniff as well at Washington. He could go. He could be a nice little twenty two to twenty five guy. But I'm I'm actually in a bit of a pickle at the moment because I've got to drop someone for James Harden. Yes, Mitch.
2: Oh, I wasn't wanting to interrupt. I just wanted to be next off. All oh, right. Good little system we got.
3: But um no, I I think that Porzingis obviously got a lot of potential. He's seven foot three, he can shoot, but um and I was actually having this chat with um with Muggsy today. I think that you get to a point where it's not bad luck anymore with injuries, like some of these guys are just made of glass, and I don't think that Porzingis um is gonna be that guy that they probably hope for. So yeah, like the trade for the Mavs.
2: What is uh what is Tingus and Bealy get you in the Eastern Conference. Tenth?
1: Yep, I reckon.
2: <laughs> oh, stinker. If,
3: if Porzingis is fit, um, which is obviously a huge if, like, I think they can be better than that. They've got, like, yeah, I don't, I don't love it for the Wizies, the boys, but um, I think they'll have to trade Beale and then just try to rebuild from there. So that's the play for us. And if that's Rui cool. goes somewhere, then... I'll jump onto them.
2: <laughs> I feel like that makes it make even less sense then, though. If they're going to yeah. trade Beal and rebuild, why are you bringing on an injury-prone guy making four well, million?
1: The, you're just taking on more money. Like I don't. That's what I don't understand. I didn't get any real draft compensation or any draft compensation. So you know, you're just taking on long-term money, risky money. Um, you know, when you you potentially have to shift like push more out for Beal. So you know, I don't. I just hate them. That's the other part of the like I like for the Mavs is their draft pick. Company is relatively full now, though one more to the Knicks, which is top ten protected next year. Um, but other than that, they pretty much own all their picks from here on out. So like they they've just got heaps of flexibility now. I think Bertan's obviously, you know, not really enough for to that contract. And, and Dimwitty probably gets moved um if he if he can start playing a bit better. Um, but they've they've got a heap of flexibility with their picks in these contracts now that they can look to move to so piece bits around around Doncic and for the Wizards, they just seem they you know, they just got nothing except risky long-term money. So Yeah. The one thing
3: I will say, from a basketball perspective, I think you guys are bang on the money. The thing that... The other, the other consideration has to be the business side of things, and it might be $40 million. Um, but if you're relevant, this could make them hundreds of millions of dollars in these years, where you could just be terrible and have all these draft picks stockpiled, like OKC or something. Um, but they're bleeding cash. Like, at the end of the day, these are actually franchises owned by people. And... Um, like I, I don't think the business side of things is talked about enough like when Charlotte traded for Gordon Hayward for example probably a bad basketball move but I liked it at that time like you know you've got a, a like a coming up star in LaMelo and some other things and yeah I, I just don't think that side of it is probably considered enough Washington they, they haven't been great for a while They they sort of peaked at what first round playoffs is that do they get second round?
1: All the second round series.
3: Yeah, okay. But um yeah, I, I think there's still some value to being competitive. Like if I was in Washington and I'm a Washington fan, um don't don't love it, but also don't hate it because I know that there's some hope there. Like if those two are fit and firing, they're gonna be competitive against any team. So um yeah, I agree with you guys. Not a not a great move, but um don't completely like disagree with what
0: they're doing yeah well some eyes good to good to bring business into the sporting world as well that was really good input kev appreciate that um so win there win there clearly for the mavs uh now we've we've discussed trades let's talk about a team that's just remained unchanged which probably sought out after a trade but just didn't get it done um in in the lakers uh they obviously didn't land um or i guess Dump the guy that they were probably hoping to. Um, we've also seen Davis go down with yet another injury. Um, obviously, a disappointing story for the dollar store uh, and their fantasy and his fantasy team. But um, what do you what do you make of the the Lakers? Oh
2: well, um, uh, yeah, this was actually the guy when Kendall mentioned that we were talking earlier about uh, it eventually becoming not bad luck and it just being guys made out of glass. Whilst Pozzingas did fit that bill. Davis was the guy that we were talking about, so I'm keen to hear Bernie's thoughts because season is in trouble.
1: Yes, well, the commissioner kind of forced my hand with the the Davis move. He's managed to take advantage of a few lesser experienced uh, players in our league. Um, and, and built himself quite the team this season. So I, and this um, is
3: why you're building up votes in the saltiest magic category,
1: I'm young fella. I'm just explaining, mate. I'm just explaining. But anyway, the commissioner's built himself quite the team, so I had to take a bit of a risk in taking on Anthony Davis. I understood the risk when I when I took it, but I decided to go heavy there anyway, and now I'm regretting it because, um, as you've seen, Davis is is going to be out for at least four weeks, and, and the fantasy playoffs start in in just two weeks um so i think it's looking like davis is going to be out for the entirety of the rest of the fantasy season which probably rules my team out of any type of contention um which is unfortunate but i think it's more unfortunate for the lakers i think you can you can rule them or they've been ruled out for a little while um but i think the absolute ceiling for this Lakers team is the plane um i cannot see them getting any higher than sixth um i would be extremely shocked if they got that high. Um, me and Mitch are talking about this a little bit, but like LeBron is, um, he's killing it, but like, this team just sucks. <laughs> and we've talked about it so many cool. times. Yep. Do you reckon? Do you reckon if the Lakers come ninth or tenth, they make the playoffs? I, I was talking about this, me, me and Mitch were talking about this as well. I just you don't want to see LeBron in any type of high pressure elimination game, you know, or even the first round of the playoffs. You still don't want to see LeBron, regardless of how bad his team is.
3: Okay, so Lakers Lakers play the playoffs, yes or no, everyone?
1: If they make the play if they play in the play in, I think yes they get in the playoffs.
3: No, it's just yes or no. Are they playing in the actual playoffs?
1: No. Also, and this includes
0: getting the play in and then qualifying through that. I yes. Not without Davis. If he if he's if Davis is healthy, yes.
1: He should no. he should be back, Davis, by the time the, the play in starts. I'm no. Just Yes or no. no? Thank you, thank you, Muggsy.
2: No. One word. No, Kendall? My argument was, Kev, like, LeBron in, in the past has had to – like, he's just cruised through regular seasons, and then people say you don't want to see him in the playoffs because he elevates his game. But this year he's had to elevate it because of how shit they are. And his teams, when he was cruising through the regular season, his teams were still winning 55 to 60 games. So – this year he's had to elevate his game early and he's older and Russell Westbrook fucking stinks. That's the other part of it. I can't believe if they didn't accept that deal, that Christian Wood, John Wall for THT and Russ Steel, that apparently they turned down, that is a huge bed shit. Tom, you've got your hand raised.
1: Um, I, I do I'm like I agree with what you're saying. My only rebuttal to that is, like, for a play game or a first-round playoff series, it's kind of like a bubble. All it takes is Malik Monk to shoot 55% or 60% from deep for a series, like we saw KCP doing the bubble. And, you know, Davis finds his jumper for two weeks. Um, or you know, looks like him, that dominant that dominant Davis that we've seen, you know, 2017, 2018 Davis, all-star MVP Davis for, for two weeks, and then all of a sudden they're through a first-round playoff series. So... I can I can kind of see it from both sides, but you know, like it's just the same. thing. It's been the same thing with them all season. Like they've got guys coming in and out, and they just haven't got the cattle, um, you know, around the at the moment. So I reckon absolute ceiling is the plan. bet you
0: said yes, but they're making the playoffs.
1: Yes, they're getting the play in and then make the playoffs.
0: <laughs> I agree. Ah, uh, beautiful. All right. Now, uh, obviously, one thing that happens after the uh, the trade deadline is is the All Star break, and chance um, plenty happened throughout. Um, probably, probably none none bigger than uh, LeBron being able to hit the game winner at the end in Cleveland. Um, what did you What did you make of the the All Star break and uh, the All Star game?
1: I was actually listening to Zach Lowe this morning. He was talking with Jeff Van Gundy about the possibility of the E-Lim ending being implemented into the regular season. And having every game finish like that, and that was having a game winner in every game, and I was just listening to that, going, "You've got to be kidding!" Like, can you imagine that? Like, how quickly the fun would get sapped out of that if you did that in every single game? Like, that would become so repetitive. And yeah, anyway, that was that was interesting. Um, an interesting conversation I was listening to this morning. But um, all in all, I didn't really catch much of the the All Star weekend festivities. Um, probably lucky not to watch the dunk contest by the looks at Facebook and, and Twitter and whatnot. Um, it's cool to see Cat win the three-point contest. Um, another another bright spot for the Wolves in what's been a pretty good season for them so far, especially considering the um, the recent history or the complete history of that team. Um, and, you know, I, I caught bits bits of the All-Star game. Um, and, yeah, it, it was fun. But, I mean, the All-Star break, I think, all in all, is probably one of those things that, Sounds better in theory than it actually is in um in reality. So you guys got any any thoughts? No, I'm happy that Steph
2: obviously went nuclear. And uh, what was it? 16 threes and 50 points in the 16, game. 27. And then he was 17 of 30 from <laughs> fields. Nah, that's all. That's all I've got. I don't really care too much about it to be honest. But it happened.
0: Onto a bit of AFL and and an AFL season preview. It's it's the first we've discussed of the the great sport. Um, now there's there's plenty to get through in terms of previews for the for the season ahead. Um, gents, we'll we'll go around. We'll we'll kick it off with uh, with Kev to start off with. I reckon he's pretty intelligent when it comes to Aussie rules. Um, and then Mitch, and then Tom, and then I'll close it out for for each of the following. But to start with, prediction for premiers. Uh, Kev, I reckon I've already got your answer, but um, tell us anyway.
3: Yeah, look, I'm still pretty flat about about last year. Um, had the boys over for the big day and was feeling, you know, quietly confident. We were we slight outsiders, I think. Um, and was it halfway through the second quarter? The boys were up and running, going well, like up by a couple of goals, I think. And it was just like, what are we doing tonight, boys? Like, oh, this is going to get big. And then, obviously, they went on and unprecedented run and i was genuinely flat like for a couple of weeks there i was i was flat um but it's hard to go past trying to be um objective hard to go past those two teams i think when you look at their list i i think that the lions i have to say it um but i think the lions have put together a, a strong list and they're coming through i think someone like cam Rayner will probably have a good year um and, yeah, they'll, they'll be there or thereabouts. But, I, of course, I'm back in the doggies again. I think that, yeah, the, the quality through the midfield um, and a couple of the young boys come coming through up forward as well. So, yeah,
2: doggies. Uh, I'm going to go for a bit of a bounce-back year from Richmond, get a bit fitter. And I think... <laughs> you don't like that, Kev?
3: Oh, uh nah, I don't know, bounce back like I think they might bounce back but I don't think they're winning the thing
2: I don't know, I've, I've just got trust in those blokes, I've got no trust in anyone from the Lions I don't think Joe Dennerher can be a key forward on a premiership winning team so that's why i cross them out Dogs, Dogs and Melbourne, I mean they're obviously rightfully the two that they'll need to go past but I don't know, if, if they can manage to get into a good position and stay fit or back their players in big games. So that's I want it to be a bit different as well, I'll be honest. So throw the Tigers
1: in. Um, I'm going to take the Lions. Um, I just think they lost a few key people last year. Um, obviously, Rainer didn't play at all, like Kevin mentioned. People um, would midway through the year, and I think insert Rainer back into that midfield this year and you can obviously expect a bit of natural growth from some young guys like, you know, Isaac Baileys and stuff, um, humic luggage, I think they're, you know, just a really solid all-round team like Kev mentioned. Um, they've, they've got a bit of experience now and the pressure's on to, to start standing up in a few of those big games. So um, I think all the pieces are in place and if they can get fit and healthy and be fine, at, you know, come September, um, I think the lines are going be, gonna to be there and thereabouts, I think. Yeah, I think friend of the
3: show Connor McFadgen should
1: get his first
3: run this year, and that'll be good. That'll probably be the only time that I'll support the Lions this year. But um, hopefully, he gets a good run at some point.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there, Kev. Can't wait to can't wait to hopefully see CJ get a get a gig. Um, certainly, the punting dot fantasy boys will be getting around him. Um, but I'm going to join forces with Tom and and back the Lions in um, little. I think I think Cam Rainer was set for a, a breakout year last year, um, but obviously got. Um, got the ACL injury, but he's, uh, he's absolutely flying at the moment um, through, through a few of the match simulation games that they're having, and I can only see him um, being much stronger than he was two years ago and was already becoming a class act. I um, understand you, your comments, Mitch, but um, I we saw Melbourne win the flag last year with Ben Brown and Tom McDonald, and I don't think they're exactly forwards that you can really trust either. Um, but when you've got Hipwood who will come back in and around May, Danaher around him, and probably the best forward in the in the best small forward in the comp, uh, in Charlie Cameron, going around, um, I think they're going to be pretty tough to beat come the end of the year.
2: Haven't your boys gone out in straight sets the last two years, or have I got that wrong? Well, I think
0: you've got that bang on, mate. <laughs> no, you got that dead wrong. Dead wrong. They are. Uh, they played in a prelim in twenty twenty.
2: Right, so they've won one of their last three finals games. Is that correct? So they're due. They've won one of their la-
0: they've won one of their last six. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're chokers, mate. I also oh, love up. that uh, Lions fans hated Rainer and hated Hipwood, and now now that these two are coming back, and they were and they were your scapegoats last year that those injuries happened. But they're the two big
1: things now. It's great. I love it. I just think it like especially getting Rayner back in there, like it just frees up everyone else. Like I think. Let's talk about moving Neil out to the wing, like and getting um, Bailey and Rainer playing on ball a bit more. Like they they got key people in a lot of important positions, and I think you know you just frees everyone up a bit more flexibility through the middle. I think is important, especially for the Lions who have got in trouble when it comes to finals. You know, by being stale, like teams have figured them out and figured out ways to beat them. If you got if you got all those options in, in like especially through the middle, which is where they've got a lot of you know strong key players. I think that's going to be big for them this year if they can stay healthy. I think if they move the
2: Brownlow from two years ago out of the position he won the Brownlow in, not sure that's the way to go, but happy to move on to the next point. In fakes we trust.
0: Well said, Tom. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll move forward. Predictions on the season's big improvers. Now I'm looking forward to a couple of these these names. Um keen to see who you're gonna come up with, but um that's the uh, that's the that's the hot topic. Same order.
3: Um I'll, I'll go with Carlton. I think that um, Sam Walsh is an absolute gun. If he was fit, I know he's just had an injury of some sort, I would have said he would have been right up there for me in the brown line. He probably is. I haven't looked at the odds either. He probably would have been. Um, he's a gun. Cripps hasn't had – I think he's been a bit injured for a while. He's had to carry that group for a while. And, um, and yeah, and then Harry Mackay up forward as well. So, I think that they should improve to the point. Is Vossi coach there now? Is that what's happened? Yeah. So, wow. they're my pick. I think they'll make finals.
2: Bold prediction. The, uh, I'm going to go. I'm not sure whether you call this an improver, but i call it a bounce back. <laughs> I'm going to back Matty Rao to stay fit this year and hopefully just put a good season of footy together. He's going to be my big improver. Sons are still going to be shit, but I'm just hoping that he can give them a bit of hope. You're a Sun supporter,
0: aren't you? Yeah. Uh, They're awful. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes. ben, ben King going down hasn't helped either.
1: Um, yeah, I actually had Carlton top of my list, Kev. Um, but I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, bit of an aging group, uh, but they had a lot of guys miss... Missed a lot of time this year, and kind of on a on a similar um, sort of vein to the, the Lions, I think um, Max King, a young young key forward who struggled a little bit last year with his with his accuracy. I think you can expect maybe a bit of a just a, you know, a natural sort of development step from him. And um, if they can keep the guys in the middle healthy, um, you know guys like Paddy Ryder and stuff, I think they might be at least a contender to play um, come finals time. So yeah, I'll go with the Saints. Tom, we're um we're thinking
0: along the same lines. I've I've gone them as well. I probably didn't put um under obviously Max King's development, but my big one was was Jack Steele. Like we saw his breakout year last year. Obviously, top three in the top three in the brown. Though I think he finished up. Um, you'd also love to see Dan Hanbury play. Obviously, he's been riddled with injury. Um, he he'd had a bit of experience in that in that list as well. Um, I think yeah, potential for a lot of improvement there, but. As Kev said as well, Carlton's Carlton's a big one. Um, I think Paddy had a bit of an injury scare a week or two ago as well. But um, if Cripps and, and Walsh are firing, then they're every chance of shooting straight up the ladder. On to the next one: um, teams or players on the slide. So uh, whether that's straight down the ladder or even a player that's um, just goes a little cold this year, what do you think?
1: I'll start. I'll go. I'll start with Tom this time. We just touched on the Suns. They will win the wooden or, or yeah. They'll earn the wooden spoon this year, the Suns. Mitch? Uh,
2: Geelong. I think they're they're way too old, they're done. See you, mate.
3: Love to see it too. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of flogs. Um, yeah, that was my pick, but I'm gonna go. I think Hawthorne, they made 12 finals in a row up to 2018, missed three in a row, new coach. I reckon last year they won a few on a motion for Clarko. Um, I think Sam Mitchell new coach, obviously a legend, but I reckon he'll his folks will be development. So um, I reckon they'll slide from whatever they won last year might have been eight or nine wins down to four or five.
0: I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with you both. Obviously the Geelong Hawthorne matchup was always a massive one. 80 plus thousand at the G, um, always within a goal or two, especially through that 2010, through all the way through to probably three or four years ago. But um, I think Geelong, big one, too old. Um, and then Hawthorne as well, um, new coach. I think Clarko, Clarko finishing up was a massive, massive loss for them um, and just haven't
1: recruited all that well. But um, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna tip him to, to win the Willis this year. Um, I think North will beat him out. Weddo, um, you mentioned that um Ben King's already been ruled out for the entirety of the season, um, and there's not a whole lot of um, sort of firepower on that roster besides, you know, Matt Rowland. Now onto the big one.
0: Brown low predictions, who have we got?
3: Uh, Bot. Rob last year, he'll win it this year.
2: I had Bonds as well. Too big, too hot, stands out too
0: much. Um, I went Chaka, Christian Chaka, as well. So there you go. Both taking you
2: don't the the group. We're much. stealing from each other
0: again.
1: Nah. Saw how dominant he was back into the final series, and I think um, they're obviously going to be a very formidable side this year. Um, I think he's going to be pretty instrumental in that. I'm a big believer in in like the championship, but um, and yeah, as I said, we saw how goody was at the end of that final series. So I reckon he takes a slight step up this year. Fair enough.
0: Beauty. Now, not really a an AFL season preview, but more so to some ex superstars who are featuring on a reality TV show in SAS Australia. Um, now, I will touch on quickly the announcements in the promos for this event. Uh, we announced about there was an AFL legend, Big Bad Barry. Uh, Big bad Barry Hall um, and AFL commentator Wayne Carey. Now, <laughs> the amount of respect there is to, to poor Wayne Carey and that is yeah is disgusting. But um, quick one: who goes further and
1: why shouldn't Barry Hall win this event? Win this TV show? Barry Hall goes way further. All I've all I've seen of Wayne Carey is I shouldn't have done it. You know, I, I'm sorry that I said to my teammate's wife, "You're just on there for sympathy, mate. Fuck off. You're not serious about it." Barry's gonna fuck him up.
2: Yeah, hard to go past Big Bad Barry. Got got that bit of dirt in him as well. I like that.
0: Barry. Barry deserved to beat Paul Gallen. He's robbed. <laughs> Under some NRL chat, and uh, obviously the season's coming in red hot now. Similar to the AFL setup, we're going to do some predictions, and I'm going to kick it off with Mitch this time because he is our NRL guru in this in this podcast and in the uh, Punning fantasy group. Now, Mitch, um, who's your leading try scorer for the season? Now, if if you want a safe bet, market hasn't
2: come out yet. But if you want a safe bet, you go Alex Johnston from the Rabbits. I think your one with a bit of value is Xavier Coates um, was stuck up here at the Broncos for years, a serious talent, and just had nothing around him. I think he goes down to Melbourne and kills it. So, And he would be playing on Cars wing from last year. So I think they'll throw a lot of set plays out that side,
1: and I think he'll rack them up. Tom? Um, i got Tommy Turbo. He can stay healthy. Um. So, obviously, had a pretty good year last year. Um was relatively healthy by his standards. Um, so, if he can stay away from shopping malls um, and, and keep those hamstrings in one piece, then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Tommy Turbo. Deb?
3: Yep. I reckon Turbo goes the double and Manly pushed right up there. So, that's all my predictions, I suppose. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll... He's the best player in the world, I think, and um, hopefully he stays fit. I love watching him as a – you know, I I like watching it, but it's probably not my – you know, it's not my favourite sport. I don't know heaps
0: about it. I just love watching him play. So, um, yeah, he's my pick. Uh, I'm going to go left field as well, take uh, Ryan Pappenhausen out of the storm. Um, That's so left field. Yeah. That's a donation. (laughs) Quick. Could be a bit of value yeah, there. My sports bet. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, yeah, I'll take Pappenhausen. Premiership winner, Mitch. Uh,
1: you talk
2: about doubles. Hard to see Penrith losing. Um, lost a bit of cattle this year, but so young. Like all of their guys were, well, all their key guys, twenty-three or younger, and. I just think they grow in leaps and bounds from that premiership last year. Hard to see them lose. I think Cleary, like Turbo probably is the best player in the world, but I think Cleary nipping at his toes. So,
0: yeah,
1: Penrith yeah. to go again. Is Cleary better than Daly Cherry Evans? Not according to Mal's come my finger. <laughs> um, but, now nah, I'll take the Roosters um, once again. Kind of the theme of most of my picks actually tonight has been health. Um, so we saw they were, they were pretty banged up last year, and they should get most of those guys back. I reckon big bounce back year for for Luke Keery. Um I'll take the Roosters.
2: Kendall, Kev's gone Manly. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I I think Penrith
3: will be my pick. I'll I'll go Manly Penrith Quinella. That's my that's my bet.
0: I'm going to take um. Off the back of Ryan Pappenhausen scoring the most tries in the season, I'll take the Melbourne Storm um, to to win the flag. So can't They're wait.
2: Never a bad bet. The Storm. Well, ever Bellamy's there, and I suppose they've still got Smith this year. So he'll be going to the Roosters next year, and that's who I will be betting on next year to win the comp.
0: Beauty. Well, when we talk about twenty twenty three bets, we'll um we'll we'll bring that up. <laughs> <on. laughs> Mitch, your Daly M winner.
2: Gone Cleary again, and it's just betting against Turbo's health. If Turbo plays 25, he wins it, just because of how much he does for Manly and how many stats he accumulates. But I think Cleary, I think Penrith will be the minor premier, and I think he'll just get him.
1: I'll take – I'll pee back my Roosters pick. I'll take Curie. A bit left field. Um, but, yeah, I'd say a big bounce back year from him. Um, they've obviously missed a few blokes that have been there the last time he played, like Jake Friend and whatnot. Um, so, he more responsibility on his shoulders, and I think, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. I think if the Roosters win enough games, I think
2: yes. the number one will be getting most of the votes. But, yeah, Wedo. I think Kev's yeah. gone
0: Turbo again. So yeah. Look, I'll probably take Turbo as well. I hate and Against people's health, that's why I hung on to Chris Dapp's Pazingas for so long. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, I don't think Manly uh, as for are going to be in the Premiership race come Prelim final or Grand Final week. But I think Turbo's going to have another outstanding year, um, and let's think, let's hope he stays fit because he is outstanding watch. watch. Uh, wooden spoon, um, I'll kick off Dragons easy. So yeah,
1: <laughs> Tigers in a landslide. Um, I've gone the Cowboys. They were 15th last year, and the dogs are behind them. And the dogs are going to be a fair bit better than in 16th, I think, this year. So, I I think
3: the Tigers would be my logical pick, but my value bet is going to be the Warriors. I think that they really lifted with emotion last year. Like obviously being away from home and stuff like that, it felt like every week they were. Um, up against it, and I think a few people thrived on that. I reckon that they were playing above themselves last year. I, I don't know. That's not really based on anything. I think they've got the young fella he's checked out, Walsh, um,
1: and they're my value bet. So there you go. They are away from home again this year. Who are the Tigers going to sack if they come last? Madge and all five captains, or is it just like two of the captains? <laughs> uh, all of them except Adam
2: Dewey, I think. He's the only decent player. I think when your major off-season signing is Tyrone Peachy, who I think benefited greatly from being in Penrith. Um, sorry, he was up at the Titans. Uh, well, actually, he's been shit since he left Penrith. So, And the Tigers isn't going to be any better of a situation than what the Titans were. So,
0: yeah, I, think, I can't see I them. If, in- if, if, if Dewey's your guy, you've, you've got to compensate and get some more blokes around him. Um, that's, uh, yeah, no, they're no good.
3: The first pick.
0: We'll move, we'll move to our draft and now there's been plenty of love for these drafts and we appreciate everyone who's putting forth votes on the Punting Fantasy Instagram page. Tonight's one, Mitch, I'll let you take the lead again because this is your forte. Can you, can you break down what we're doing, draft order and, uh, what we're picking?
2: Now I probably could have explained this a little bit better at the start, but it's what's on your table at a piss-up. So four rounds. We're gonna go snake draft. Um, first round alcoholic beverage. Now, beer is not your alcoholic beverage. It would be four X gold, it would be two is new, whatever your preference is. Second It would be four X gold. <laughs> Sorry, that was just the first thing that I thought of. Uh, Second round, potato chip, a staple of a piss-up table. You can't have a table at a piss-up without potato chips. And uh, third round, hot finger food. Uh, we had a chat before we come on. Pizza is eligible as a finger food. And the fourth round we have is a wild card. So um, we've discussed earlier that, you know, it won't be something like a speaker or something like that. Music is a given. Um it can be either some something to enhance the experience at the piss up, or it can be a consumable, whatever you like. That's the that's the beauty of the round. So uh, without further ado, we randomised the names earlier, and the first pick in the alcoholic beverage round is probably the bloke who drinks the least amount of alcohol. Here is uh, the dollar.
1: I'm gonna get a, gonna get a bit of hate for this pick. Um, it's already been discussed, but my go-to beer of choice. My favourite beer, 4x Gold. That's all
0: right. I
2: don't hate that. Uh, Righto, so 4x Gold off the table. Kev, I've got a sneaking suspicion on what you'll be picking as well.
3: We're not drinking 1.0s uh, at our party dollar. We're drinking <laughs> premium beer, two is new.
2: Two is new off the table. Sam, not a massive beer drinker, so I'm
0: assuming you'll be going elsewhere. Massive beer drinker. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking Corona. Ugh.
2: Corona. What's the verdict here on Corona? I'm not big on Coronas. I
1: don't mind Corona. It's not like it's not my go-to. I, I there's a few things I drink Corona, but I don't mind it. I'm a huge no. I'm not even going to his party.
2: <laughs> Righto. Uh. <clears throat> So I've got the last pick in the alcoholic beverage round.
1: Global Cruises for
2: you, obviously. Well, that's my pick. I'm going Cruises because I know that that would have been taken off the table in the wild card round at some point. So Cruises will be my first pick in the alcoholic beverage thing. And then I'll double up on potato chips. Now, I consider myself a bit of a potato chip expert. And I think there's two potato chips that stand head and shoulders above the rest. The one I'm going to take is Thins Light and Tangy.
1: It doesn't miss. Hang on, now. can I inter- So I'm assuming your second chip that stands like that stands with Light and Tangy above the rest is Red Rock Deli Honey Soy Chicken. No, it is Red Rock Deli, but not Honey Soy. Red
3: Rock, you're rock you're Deli Sweet Chili Sour Cream. Oh, that's,
2: that's true. You are. Kidding
1: true My mum buys like the um the four pack. Like Tom, box. Tom,
2: when your favourite chip is a sea salt flavour, you lose all credibility. No. No, no, no.
1: Literally you this. lose well, all
3: credibility when you start a sentence with, my mum buys the four pack.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, point taken. On to the next right.
2: one. Second pick in the chip draft is Wetter.
0: I'm with you, Tom. Red Rock Jelly, Honey Soy Chicken every day. Thank you. Light and Tangy would have been my first, but, yeah, Honey Soy, definitely my second.
2: Third pick, Kendall. Um I agree
3: with everything that's been said here about the chips and I think the, the best chip's still on the table and that's Red Rock Deli Sweet Chili Sour Cream, but I'm not going with that because at a at a party and at a you know for my a, a spread, the the key factor in a chip is versatility. So I'm going with the most versatile chip on the market and that is the original corn chip with some salsa on the side. Thank you.
2: Uh, salsa will have to be – we actually discussed this very thing earlier. Salsa would need to be your wild card piss. <laughs>
3: okay, don't worry about it. doesn't even need salsa. That's just for the pretentious people. So original <laughs> <laughs> corn chips only.
2: Well, original I- corn chips off the table. Tom, fourth pick in the potato chip round.
1: Mitchell's taken the piss out of me before because I like original chips. That's my favourite type of chip. But I'm actually going to get my first my – first, um, so I pick selection here at, um, at the fourth pick. I'm actually going to take Sandboy Atomic Tomato Chips. <laughs> you add a piss-up. You want something a bit – like you want some taste and you want a bit of – you know, pack a bit of a punch, and they do. I actually, I actually uh, don't hate it. They're a great chip.
3: You're having 4X Gold and Atomic Tomato Chips. Yes,
1: yeah, I am. I am. <laughs>
2: Right on. So we snagged back the other way. So Tom, you've got the first pick in the hot finger food category.
1: Um, I feel like there's a pretty obvious choice here. Where are we at on rice paper rolls? Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: Is is that the obvious choice that you were talking about?
1: No, no, no. It's not. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just asking. That's just a question. Where are we at on rice paper? Is that a finger food or is that is that a hand food? <laughs> Not a not a finger food. That's... Yum. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to go with the obvious choice. I'm going to take party pies and sausage rolls. Which one? Yeah, you got to take one. You buy me in the packet and they come together. I, I agree with him. Do you mean mum buys them in the packet? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm happy to give you both then. Uh, second pick in the hot finger food. Kev, please don't take rice paper rolls. I was really <laughs> banking on that yeah, getting the four. It didn't even cross my mind. Um,
3: I'm taking a large bucket of KFC Wicked Wings.
2: You can't go wrong. Does that take Wings off the table? Because that was
1: high on my draft board. Yeah. Wings are Wings. What if they're not from KFC? Mm, nah, Wings are Wings.
0: All right. I'm going to – I'll take Pizza. Um, really nice and easy staple, I reckon.
2: That's really left me in a – An interesting place because I was really banking on that getting through. Let me just have a quick think. Dino Nuggets. Nuggets aren't far away, I'll be honest. Um, They're never far away from you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That's nasty. I think Nuggets
3: is a pretty good pick.
2: I'm going to go Spring Rolls.
3: Panic Stations.
2: Is it? I don't mind spring oh. Righto, so if we sneak back the other way, I've got the first pick in the wild card round. Do you have to pick soy sauce? <laughs> <laughs> no. For those who know me, I'm not a massive sauce guy anyway, so I'll be happy to be going without. <laughs> um, what have I got? So I've got cruisers. You need a beer. Yeah. Do need a beer, unless we're getting really high schooly. <laughs> uh, I'll take with my wild card. I'll take Carlton draft. That'll be my 1.4s 1.4s all around. <laughs> so, so,
3: can you summarise what you've got then? So, I'll uh, we'll we'll do it after at the end. It. Yeah, okay. yeah
0: we'll do it at the end. Um, with uh, with my pick four for the wild card, I'm gonna take the Packer Reds cups, which come with ping pong balls inside them. <laughs>
3: Nice, but what are you going to drink out of it? Oh, the Coronas. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm taking
1: Sambuca. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to take. Well, my number one, on my board is the is the beer pong set, but I think I'll go similar line. I'm just going to take a pack of cards. You can do a fair bit, of, fair bit with a pack of cards. So um, drinking games, other games. So yeah, I'll, I'll take cards. Moving down the list,
2: my alcoholic beverage is Cruises. Uh, my potato chip is Things Light and Tangy. My hot finger food is Spring Rolls. And my wild card is Carton Draft.
0: My table at uh, mine is uh, Corona for the beer. Red Rock Deli Honey Soy Chicken Chips on the spread. We'll have pizza at half time as well. Um, and we'll also have some reds cups and ping pong balls to uh, have plenty of fun.
3: Yeah, so I've yeah. got I've got the greatest beer in Australia, created by the Tui's brothers JT and J Uh Ninety nine percent sugar free, one point four standard drinks. Um, so that takes the cake there. And then we move on to our our chips, going the most versatile chip on the market, the original corn chip. Um, and then for lunch, we've got. Uh, Wicked Wings from KFC. They'll also be coming out a bit later on in the day as well, um, before our second round of chips. And then once everyone's well-oiled from our twoies, we're moving on to Sambuca. Sounds like a pretty good day to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Righto. Right. Um, I've got 4X Gold, Queen's Um And then while we're, while we're sucking them back, we're... Munch on a few atomic tomato sandwich chips, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, for for main course we've got party pies and sausage rolls, um, which I would consider the most versatile finger food. Um, and then throughout That's it all, we have got some cards to play a few games. Um, it's only up from here. We're straight into the rats' random
0: thoughts. Thoughts.
2: Sometimes I just can't control my thoughts. Mitch, looking forward to what you've got for us now. I'm actually going to throw to Kev. Um, you sent me one a few weeks ago, Kev, that as much as I want to put them on the show, I don't like taking credit for other people's thoughts, so it's good that we've got you here. You had a random thought regarding uh, face masks that you wanted to share about the the oh, war yes. between reusable and disposable face masks.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I think one of the most overrated things during this whole pandemic has been the reusable face mask, the cloth, like the heavy, dark cloth that people wear on their faces. Um, friend of the show and manager of the Silly Seals, Sam Hill, will actually be a good person to talk to about this because he's a huge fan of the reusable. Um, obviously, works in customer service, so he has to wear it all day. Um, so I can see that, and apparently it's just more comfortable, but... I hate it. I found it stuffy, just heavy. Um, you know, I think that heavily overrated. So that was my random thought. I've also got another one. Can I can I bring it up now?
2: Go no. on. No okay. go on.
3: And this is basketball related, but so recently LeBron James um, passed Kareem in most total points. Is that correct? Through Games in the regular season and playoff games. Is that right, Tom? Yes. I think it's ridiculous that playoff points aren't counted as points. Like what how what in what sport are stats in finals not count? I think it's ridiculous that his total points exclude finals or
2: playoffs points. Kev, is, playing games stats in playing games go nowhere. Yeah, that's a that's yeah.
3: That's a weird one. I think that they need to be stats. They need to be counted. But this playoff
1: thing—it's the first I've heard of it. I think it's ridiculous. Any thoughts on that or rebuttals? The NBA has always been big for regular season and postseason and keeping the two separate. I agree with you. I think it's silly. I think if you're good enough to play that many playoff games, you you should—you know—that that should count towards the. I mean, I suppose it was still celebrated, but the big one, people are. I count him down the days for is when he passes um, Yeah. For him for all-time points in the regular season.
3: Yeah, you hear about that all the time. Like, yeah. he's going to pass him at this point if he scores this many points per yeah. game. It was like a secondary, oh, yeah, well done, he passed it. I think it's ridiculous. And I had no idea
1: that was the case until the other day. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Though. I think that is – I think it is silly. If, you, if, if you're as as LeBron James and you've, you've done that well to play in that many playoff you games, should, you should have them counted. That should be the main stat that people care about, I think. Yeah. But anyway, I digress.
2: Apologies. Yeah, no. I, it makes sense. They're still NBA games, aren't they? Like, if anything, they're more important, so it's harder to score in them. So it should be weighted more to that anyway. But so, Like, that,
3: hypothetically, in a playing game, say LeBron's playing against whatever, and he scores, you know, the Lakers beat someone 150 to 140, and he scores 100 points. That doesn't count to anything. No. So like, come on, they've got to do something
0: there. Anyway. Yeah. Before we before we cycle off it, I'm going to go back to your your face mask point, Kev. Um, massive fan of the uh, disposable. Um, does anybody else have 30 sitting on their passenger seat of their car? Not just the seat, just everywhere. Even, it, like, in my
2: room at home as well, just everywhere. We'll move on. This is obviously, like, I think this will be a universal pet peeve, but when you're about to do something and some, but then someone asks you to do it before you do it, does that? This has happened to me this week. So, I have just been moving in with my girlfriend into a house at Southport, and it has been the most excruciating thing. Where I'll bring in a bag and I'll literally start to begin to unpack it. Sugar, can you just unpack that into there? And so, like, you're not watching – like, I'm bending over with one hand and I'm about to put my hand in. What do you think I'm doing? Like, And all you're doing is making it look like that you've told me to do something and me not having the proactive thought, I'm going to unpack this. It's a bit of a power move when you think about it, but it infuriates me because it's like what else – I'm bending over into this bag – and I've got the cupboard open in front of me. What else did you think I was doing?
0: <laughs>
2: Has anyone
1: else had this? I think you're right. I think it's an it's an alpha play. Like it's you're only doing that because I told you to. Even though you started doing it before I told you to, it's like
0: maybe I'm getting alpha.
1: Yeah, You you're she's you, mate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it's establishing dominance. Oh no, I'm with image. I'll I'll start in my place. Putting the tap on and letting the tap run to do the dishes, dad will hear the taps running and say, Sam, can you please do the dishes?
2: <laughs> Lots of mum and dad chat here tonight, isn't it? Look at you two I'm boys, away. not a worry in the world. I'm all the away from home. The, uh, righto. So we'll move on to my last thought. And I've actually spoken to a couple of you about this before, uh, maybe in a podcast that we couldn't upload, but, uh, Why is sweet and sour sauce the official sauce of the chicken nugget? Is sweet and sour sauce good enough to be – so you know how if you go to Macca's, can I have a large Big Mac meal with a Coke? That's fair because I think everyone likes Coke, and I think that that makes sense. Hi, can I have 10 nuggets? Sweet and sour sauce, I'm not sure it carries the same – Gravitational pull that a Coke should. I don't think sweet and sour sauce is good enough. I think it should be your choice, or it should be aioli. Aioli superior chicken nugget sauce.
0: Certainly doesn't have the same gravitational pull that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, wedo. I'm with you, bitch. I'm I'm with you. I I think it's certainly I think it's top two, but I don't think it. I don't think it outranks aioli or even at all the way that Coke outranks Sprite.
3: Okay. I don't have a specific comment on the sweet and sour sauce. I'd, I'd probably prefer just tomato sauce, but I've got a comment on combining these different tastes. Like I, I love food and I love flavours, but like there's sweet, sour, salty, spicy, bitter, like keep them separate. I don't want sweet popcorn. That should be salty. I don't want like the sauce should be like, have it
1: Sarah if you want, but don't make it both. Um, so that's my thought there. There's been a few times where, like, I've got nuggets and they give me the sweet and sour sauce because that's, like, the default. I've wanted to try it and I've wanted to like it, but I just don't. And, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm not a massive sauce guy. I'm, I'm, I think aioli should be the default, default sauce for most things.
0: Well, that concludes the end of episode 14 of the Punting Fantasy podcast. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have our commissioner on board for the majority of this podcast. It's been outstanding having you here, Kev. Um, obviously, onwards and upwards for you in the Fantasy League season, it looks like you're going to be taking the chip or the ring at the end of the year. Um, any any comments, mate?
3: I don't know. I think that's, that's an early crow. I think that Mitch offering... $3 for the field was probably good value there. So I'm hedged nicely in that respect. I think that Claw is shaping up pretty well. I saw that KD's back this week, potentially, and um, it looks like all his players are fit. Obviously, you got Dollar on the other side of the draw. It looks like um, AD's a big out. But I think there's still a few contenders. I think Mitch is uh, there or thereabouts as well. But I just wanted to say we've locked in a date for the presentation, which is always a... A great day on the calendar. We um, we break down the the good performers, the bad performers, and go through a few other categories. Um, this year, we're actually having a a draft to pick some three v three basketball teams. Um, hopefully, you guys on the podcast live. Um, and and it's not just those teams for basketball. Those teams will carry through to other activities as well. So it's not just a consideration of. You know who can knock down threes. It's all. It's also. Is this person going to skull a beer when when our backs are against the wall as well? So, should be um should be good fun. But yeah, to any listeners that are that are not in our league, um, not sure how many of you are out there, but um, if you're interested in joining the league, please just shout out to the punting dot fantasy Instagram page. Um, we've we've actually had a couple of dropouts, and I'll give you a sneak peek of one of the um resignation notices I got from a manager um I'll I'll give you one sentence it reads when fantasy basketball started making me lose sleep I figured this was the right thing to do now that that is pretty grim areas from this particular manager Um, obviously we'll have we'll have a couple of press conferences for these resignations and go a bit further into those but yeah if you've got any interest in joining our league um please hit up the Instagram page
0: now, there was a couple of points in there. I will say that uh, in two-podcast time, we will invite the top four of the regular season, and they will draft their, uh, their other four or other three players um, for those activities throughout the day. So make sure you, you keep your listening ears on for episode 16 because that draft could be very, very interesting and entertaining. Um, no doubt we'll see uh, Kev on there as well as Dollar. Um, they'll two of the guys here already, but uh, they'll be joined by two others. Um, one of which won't be the mole rats. Um, they won't finish in the top four. Um, you won't but, finish the top thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, can't wait for that episode. But once again, thanks to everyone for for joining in. Um, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride for these fourteen episodes, but um, enjoying every minute of it. And can't wait to see us next week. So thanks for joining us.